0: إن الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادئ له أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَيَا أَيُّهَا الْمُسْلِمُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى هِيَ سَادَّنْ فِي لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنْفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُّمْ حَرِيصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَأُوْ فِالْرَّحِيمِ Indeed there has come to you a messenger from amongst you. It troubles him. It is hard upon him that you suffer, that you undergo hardship. He is keen over you. i.e. he is keen over your guidance. And he's is full of pity and mercy for the believers. اَيُّهَا muslimun. Indeed our messenger alayhi salatu salam. He was someone that had great concern for his ummah He was someone that had great concern for us, his followers It troubled him, it worried him that we undergo hardship that his followers undergo hardship He was keen and ardent that we become guided He was keen and ardent that we benefit in this life and the afterlife he alayhi was filled with pity for us and mercy for us and thus as a result of this characteristic that the messenger alayhi had he imparted advice to us he counseled us he directed us he, provi- he provided us with with guidance and among those blessings that Allah the Most High had granted our Messenger وسلم, was the blessing of al Kalim. That he وسلم, was able to utter a statement that was composed of a few words, but the meaning of those words was great, was profound and thus among those statements are the messenger alayhi salatu made those concise brief concise yet very meaningful statements those jawami al kalim is a statement that the messenger alayhi salatu made in the hadith of abu musa al ash recorded by imam muslim when he said at the iman purification is half of iman walhamdulillah Tamla al-mizan and Alhamdulillah, saying Alhamdulillah, it fills the scales. Wasubhanallahee, walhamdulillahee. Tamla'ani tamla ma bayna samai ma bayna samawati wal Saying Subhanallah, and Alhamdulillah, fills that which is between the heavens and the earth. salatu noor. Prayer is nur, Salah is a nur is a light. وَالصَّدَقَةُ بُرْهَانِ صَدَقَةُ Charity is a burhan it's an evidence وَالصَّبْرُ ضِيَاء Patience is ضِيَاء Patience is a light وَالْقُرْآنِ حُجَّةٌ لَكَ أَوَ عَلَيْكَ The Qur'an is either a proof for you or against you Then he said in his final statement كُلُّ النَّاسِ يَغْدُو فَبَائِعُ أَوْ All people, they go out. All people make qudood, meaning they go out. Go out in the morning is what the word means. All people, they go out in the morning, selling themselves. And thus, they either free themselves, free their souls, or they destroy their souls. al Muslimun. This narration here of the messenger alayhi salatu which is considered from the Jawami' al-Ahadith Fi Bab Fada'il al-A'mal It is from the most comprehensive of Ahadith On the topic of virtues The virtues, virtues of certain deeds This narration For the believer Who thinks about it Reflects over it Ponders over it Puts it into action He'll find that this narration has many treasures this this narration has many treasures that benefit the believer in this life and the next in this narration the messenger alayhi salatu he makes eight statements he starts off by saying At-tuhur shatru al-iman." purification is half of iman meaning purification is half of your salah purification is half of salah because allah the most high has he not described Iman or Salah as Iman in his book. And likewise, is in reference to wudu. The meaning of this narration is wudu is half of Iman because there is another narration where the messenger Alayhi Salatu wasalam explicitly said al wudu shatrul Iman wudu is half of Iman meaning wudu is half of Salah. What does that show to us? That shows the tremendous Uh, status of wudu the virtue of wudu and wudu holds a high high station and that in essence the salah is of two parts one half is the physical actions the harakat, the movements and the supplications that we engage in when we're when we're in prayer but the other half is the purification the other half is the wudu The other half is the isti'dad, the preparation that a person makes before he goes into a salah. This therefore highlights the great importance that we should give to the act of Al Wudu. The second statement that the messenger made. Alhamdulillah Tamla ul-mizan," Saying Alhamdulillah fills the scales, meaning when you die and you enter into your grave. And then a day is going to come where you're going to be resurrected brought out of your grave you're going to be made to stand in front of your Rabb, jalla when you stand in front of him he is going to take you to account for what you did in this life even right now me standing here you sitting down all of these actions of ours we're going to be asked about them and there'll be a scale that, that will be set up and on that scale our deeds will be weighed good deeds and evil deeds and the one who finds that his good deeds outweigh his evil deeds then for him is a life that is well-pleasing a life in paradise saying alhamdulillah the messenger said fills the scale fills the scale that will be presented before us without a shadow of a doubt on al qiyamah when we stand in front of our Rabb Jalla Wa Ala saying alhamdulillah and then in the other statement, Likewise, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah fills that which is between the heavens and the earth, meaning fills that which is between the heavens and the earth in reward. Saying these statements, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, it can be a means of your salvation in the afterlife. It can be a means of your salvation on a day when no child will be of any benefit to you and no wealth will avail you in anything. Therefore this indicates the great virtue and a great encouragement for us to engage in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a statement of not, not myself or not anybody else. This is a statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as-sadiq al-masduq. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, saying subhanallah, saying alhamdulillah fills that which is in the, that which is between the heavens and the earth. Saying alhamdulillah it weighs heavy upon your scales right now perhaps we think about it and it doesn't play much importance in our minds but imagine it you're standing on yawm al qiyamah in front of your Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala then these small deeds they'll matter so much and for that reason we find that the righteous people the pious people the people who are devout worshippers of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the scholars we find that they do this, that they engage in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keeping their tongues moist in the dhikr of Allah Jalla wa az. An example of that from someone that is of, uh, is of, is of our era, a Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz rahimahullah ta'ala. It is said that when he would be delivering, delivering his lectures, when he would have to pause in order for his students to pose questions to him you'd notice that Shaykh Abdul Aziz Ibn Ubaz Al-Imam Al-Faqih Al-Mujtahid that he would be engaged in the dhikr of Allah specifically it's mentioned that he'd be engaged in making istighfar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore we have people from our era that we can see clear-cut examples of how they have followed the footstep of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam in being engaged in the dhikr of Allah because of the great virtue that it has the fourth statement that the messenger made: "As-salatu-nur." Salah is a nur. Salah is a light. But if you notice, he did not mention what it is a light for. The messenger did not say "As-salatu-nur fi wa'dhika," "As-salatu-nur fi al-qabr," "As-salatu-nur ala sirat He didn't say that Salah is nur in your face. Salah is nur in your grave. The prophet he did not say that As-salah is nur. When you're crossing over the bridge, he said it in an unrestricted manner. And when something like this is said in an unrestricted manner, manner then that indicates umum, it indicates absoluteness. Meaning, a salah is nur in everything for you. The messenger said, a salah to nur, salah is a light, and he did not make a mention of what it's a light for. Meaning, salah is nur for you, nur for you in your. Guidance, Noor for you in your face, Noor for you in your life. Salah is Noor for you in your grave. Salah will be Noor for you. That's Salah that you pray properly. That's Salah that you pray, pray fulfilling its pillars, its conditions, its obligations. That's Salah that you are mindful over. That's Salah is a Noor for you. When you're resurrected on the day of judgment, that's Salah is a Noor for you. When your accounting is taking place on Yawm Al Qiyamah. That salah will be a noor for you when you're crossing over the bridge, over the fire of hell. The Messenger, alayhi salatu he mentioned next. He said, as-salatu noor, wa sadaqa burhan. Sadaqa is a proof, it's an evidence. Proof for what? Evidence for what? The Messenger said, sadaqa burhan. Charity is an evidence. But an evidence for what? An evidence of the truthfulness of your Iman. Sadaqah is a proof that your Iman, it is true. Sadaqah is a proof that you have Iman. Your Iman, it is healthy because we all know that parting from your wealth, it is difficult. Parting from your wealth or anything that is of your, any material possession, it is difficult. Giving your time out for someone else or for some other cause, it's difficult. Mal is called mal nafs yamilu ilayhi. Wealth is called wealth because the soul inclines towards wealth. Yamilu, it inclines towards wealth. That is the nature of man, that is the nature of the human being. So now, when you get that thing that you're so attached to that it's difficult for you to part from, when you get that thing, that thing called wealth, and you give it for no other reason other than Allah and pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that is an in, that is an indication of the truthfulness of your iman a person may say what well, I don't have much wealth to give I'm not a wealthy person in fact I'm a poor person I don't have any material possessions that I can give the messenger والسلام, he said in another narration recorded in sahib Imam Muslim in another wording he said ma'ruf in صدقى. All ma'roof is sadaqah. All acts of goodness and kindness is sadaqa Even a person engaging in relations, the messenger has said in another, in another narration. A person engaging in relations with his wife, that's a sadaqa The messenger said in, another, in the same narration, بِكُلِ صَدَقَةٍ وَكُلِ صَدَقَةٍ وَكُلِ تَحْلِيلَةٍ وَكُلِ صدقاء, أو كما قَالَ عَلَيْهِ الصلاة والسلام. In every, every time you say Alhamdulillah that's a sadaqah Every time you say Subhanallah, sadaqah La ilaha illallah, sadaqah Allahu Akbar, sadaqah Every act of kindness that you engage in It is a sadaqah So a person says I don't have wealth But any act of kindness that you engage in That is a sadaqah Helping somebody A person may say I don't have any wealth That I can help people with but you have a physical body, don't you? With that physical body of yours, you can perform sadaqah. That's sadaqah, that's a proof of your iman. You're not shopping in a supermarket, for example. You see an old, old person, or a sh- very short person, and they can't reach to the shelf to grab that pint of milk. You walking up to that person, can I help you? Reaching out for that pint of milk, giving that person a pint of milk, because he or she is too old or too short to... To reach, that say Sadaqah. You see a nail on the road. There are cars, obviously, that are going to drive on that road. you picking up that nail so that no tire is popped by way of that nail. And putting it in in the bin. That there, that small action there is Sadaqah. That small action there is a Burhan. It's a proof of your Iman. A person may say, okay, but why? Why do I have to give Sadaqah? in the cause of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why should i give in charity what what's been what have i what have i received in order for me to give in charity what's the purpose behind it what's the benefit why think about the narration where the messenger said every single joint that human beings have There is a charity that's due upon them. Every single joint that the human being has, there is a charity that is due upon them. Every single day when the sun rises. Every single day when the sun rises, there's a charity due upon your joints. But why? Why is there a charity that's due upon every single joint of yours? Because you can't do anything. Unless you have these joints. If you do not have these joints, you can't function properly. Think about the ability to move your hands. You can't move your hands unless you have those joints there. Think about the ability to scratch your head. You can't scratch your head unless you have some of these joints in your hand. One of the scholars, they mentioned that they went to visit. They went to visit a person that was in hospital, a person that was in the burns unit. He had been burned from head to toe and now he could not move any part of his body from head to toe he was paralyzed so then the sheikh he asked him what do you do how do you spend your day, what do you do and the young man who is 20 years old he had a copy of the Quran in front of him so the young man said if someone's passing by or someone comes to visit me, I ask them to come over and to turn the page of the Quran so I can read the Quran That blessing there of being able to turn a page of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and read it That you cannot attain that you cannot achieve unless you have three or four of these joints of your hand That's the reason why you should give Sadaqah That's the reason why Sadaqah is a proof of your Iman That's the reason why you are burdened with giving Sadaqah because look at you When you get up in the morning, you can't even get out of your bed. Unless these joints are functioning. So the blessing, the small blessing of you being able to scratch your head. A blessing which you would really appreciate. If your hand was paralyzed and your your limbs were paralyzed and you couldn't touch your face. Then you would appreciate it. But as they say, health, it's a crown upon the head of the healthy ones. That only the sick people can see. We can't see the crown that's on our head. This crown of health that is on our head. The crown that we, the crown that represents the ability of us to move our joints. There's a Sadaqah for having that crown. And if you give given Sadaqah, that's a proof of your Iman. The messenger, والسلام, he then went on. He then went on to say. He said a Sabru Patience is Diya. Patience is a light. But did not the prophet ﷺ say earlier on that salah is a light he said as-salatu nur, salah is a light and now he's saying sabr diya sabr is a light so what's the difference between the two sabr is a light salah is a light however look at the word that the messenger alayhi salatu used very important look at the word that the messenger alayhi salatu used to describe Salah as being light and look at the word that the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to describe patience, sab- (sabr) as light. He described Salah as nur, which is light. And he described patience as Diyaa, which again can be translated in, as light. But there's a difference between the two. Allah Jalla Ala, he said in his book, huwa alladhi al-shamsa wal-qamara noora. He is the one that has made the sun as a diya, a light. That light, that patience has been described with. And he is the one that has made the moon as a noor, as a light. That same light that salah has been described, described with. What's the difference? Noor, the light that comes from the moon, the light that the salah has been described with, Noor is a light that has no element of heat. It has no element of burning. Whereas Bliya, that light that comes from the sun, that light that patience has been described with, is a light that has an element of heat. It's a light that has an element of burning. Why is that so significant? Because patience, exercising patience, restraining yourself, is something that has an element of burning if you like. It has an element of endurance just like the sun produces heat a heat that burns when you have to exercise patience it's not easy there's an element of quote-unquote burning there's an element of endurance that you have to that you have to put yourself through your father has just passed away Sabr, you have to exercise sabr, but that sabr it has an element of burning your mother has passed away your child has passed away your business has gone, your house has gone, your health—it's on the decline. Sabr, patience—you have to exercise, but that patience has an element of, of burning, an element of endurance. In com- but however, if we compare if we compare that to a salah, to prayer, there's not there's no burning, there is no burning sensation that you go through. Rather, salah is a coolness to the eye of the believer therefore salah has been described as noon because salah is an element is a is a, is an act that has light with it but a light that has no burning however sabr sabr is a light for you but a light that will have an element of burning an element of endurance Alhamdulillah. <laughs> rabbil alameen was <laughs> salatu was salamu ala rasulihil kareem Allah's Messenger والسلام, he then says, after mentioning these statements, these six statements in this tremendous narration, he says, Al-Quran hujjatun lak awalaih. The Quran is either a proof for you or against you. The Quran was not revealed to just be recited. The quran was not revealed just to be recited and we get the ajr the thawab the sawab the reward of reading it yes that is part and parcel of what you get for reciting the quran but that was not the reason for which the quran was revealed the quran was revealed in order for us to reflect over it the quran was revealed for it to have an impact upon us an impact upon our households, our lives, our communities, the Quran was revealed so that it's inevitably acted upon. And so if it is the case that a person has the Quran at the top of his bookshelf in his house, and he brings it down whenever an occasion arises, even though he should be reciting Quran on a daily basis, even if it is a page, even if it is half a page. If, if it is the case that a person has been reading the Quran, but he's not reflecting over it, He's not acting by it. He's not living by this book that he claims to honor so much. Then on the day of standing, that Quran, it will be a proof against me if I don't act by it. It will be a proof against you. And it will be a tragic circumstance to find yourself in. Right now, we're not there. Right now, Yawm al qiyamah has not been established. And therefore, we're thinking, oh, that's something far, far in the future. We don't need to worry about it. Put it on the back burner. But as we know that death, has no appointment. And if you do die today, ask yourself. If you do die today, ask yourself. So far, have you been acting upon the Qur'an? If you haven't, change your life right now. Start acting upon that great and noble, mighty book. The Messenger, salam, He concludes this narration, this tremendous narration. This narration that has treasures within inside it. He says, all people, they go out in the morning selling themselves. Either they liberate themselves, they free themselves, free themselves from the punishment of Allah, free themselves from the fire of hell, or they destroy their souls. Everybody goes out in the morning, they have an objective. Everybody goes out in the morning to do something. Everybody, they start their day doing something. Their actions represent whatever they're doing. Those actions that you engage in, those pursuits that you pursue, They represent either you liberating and freeing yourself from the punishment from the adab of Allah or you destroying yourself. If it is the case that you get up in the morning and you have your objective right before your eyes, then you'll find yourself being successful in anything that a person does. A person is successful in whatever endeavor he engages in if he has the objective right between his eyes, and he let, never loses focus. The one that is successful in anything that he achieves, it's because on a daily basis he has his objective right before his eyes, and thus he works hard towards it. The same thing applies to life itself the underlying purpose behind why you are here, why you're breathing, why you're seeing, why you're hearing, why you're living. You're living for the akhirah. You're living for the afterlife you're living for Jannah you're living to see the face of Allah so if you get up in the morning and if you start your day with that objective in mind I need to see the face of Allah I want to see the face of Allah everything else is secondary work is secondary money is secondary wife children friends family all of them secondary my primary objective is to see the face of Allah when you have that objective in mind when you get to in the day, when you wake up in the morning and you'll find yourself working towards it, you'll find yourself being successful, you'll find yourself liberating your soul. But if you don't, and if the objective is hazy, then don't blame anybody but yourself if you end up destroying your soul. Allahumma <laughs>